This is The Social Geek Radio Network. and welcome to Social Geek Rockstars. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliary. How do you say no to too many projects or too many requests? We'll find out from Rockstars Derek Abelman, Liz Solar, Amanda Dempsey, and Brandy Klustra. All right, today's episode is brought to you by CareerPlug. ServiceMinder, Hughes, and the panel is next after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. Joining me today are Brandy Klustra, Derek Abelman, Liz Solar, and Amanda Dempsey. Derek, let's start with you. Where do we find ourselves in this day and age getting into trouble with saying yes to too many things? Is that something that you run across a lot? Is it something that that you've done a good job of avoiding or kind of where are you in that process? Oof. I mean, I can't, I can always do a better job, I think, right? Like I definitely haven't perfected my how to say no. Um, and the trouble that I get myself into really, I think there's so many different pieces to it. And I think what you pointed out this day and age is, is the first part to me is that we are just by living in society right now, conditioned towards instant gratification, mm. right? The, the whole of human knowledge is in your pocket on your phone. You can have something delivered to your door sometimes within a day. And so I think depending on where you sit in the working world, you have to essentially be a part of that instantaneous delivery system, right? Like I feel a pressure to be the change I want to see in the world, which is everything right now, right? So I think when I say yes, when I should say no, you know, the trouble I get myself into is I'm sort of, um, I'm devaluing myself and my work at some point because I'm I'm saying yes, because I, I want, I want to do that. But if I say yes and make that commitment and it seems unreasonable or it's there's just too many things like my output isn't going to be isn't going to reflect somehow what I really want it to be. And so so that's the trouble, the first piece of trouble that I think I get into when I overcommit and then it promotes an unrealistic expectation with your client or whoever is asking you for that thing. Um and I think the really insidious part, the, the the long-lasting trouble, is that you can then internalize that unrealistic expectation and carry that with yourself. And, and now you are creating like a feedback loop, right? Where where you are now pushed, now you are holding yourself to an expectation 
of that instantaneous gratification, right? And and you're either going to end up resenting yourself or the or you know other people or all of those things. And so I'd say those are some of the parts where I look at getting into trouble with saying yes to too many things. Does anybody else have uh, any thoughts on opening thoughts on saying yes to too many things and where you've gotten yourself into trouble? Well, Derek, really, um, you hit the nail on the head in terms of the the rate of speed in which we expect things right now and how we want to be part of that daisy chain of like making it happen now. And all of us love to use, I exceed expectations. So it's not good (laughs) enough to deliver something within 48 hours. You know, it's like, and, and I used to say, hey, I'll deliver that within 48 hours. And then 12 hours later, they would have it. So what happens when I submit something in hour 13, they're like, oh, she's really losing it. You know, so you create your own level of expectations that you have to live up to. And if you don't, you disappoint people. They think you're losing your touch. Do I have to go to somebody who's going to get it to me in nine hours now? So we can create our, our own fresh hell just out of trying to be really good people or over deliver and the over delivery thing has i think really killed us it's like if i don't if i don't get back to that you know that distressed text within five minutes they're going to think i don't care so yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's or that. they're going to turn to someone who who they think cares more and and i i think we we build up the competitive situation maybe a little bit too much we think well they're just going to go to some other you know, person in the organization to take care of this, or they're going to go to my boss, or they're going to go to some competitor to take care of this because they'll get it done faster. The reality is nobody's going to do that, right? In in very few cases, unless you're selling some commodity or something like that. Um, I don't think anybody's going to go over your head or go around you that quickly, but you're right, Liz. I think we, we build up that, that um, we overthink Right. And then we build up that that wrong uh, potential future that that might happen with a competitor or something like that. So, Brandy, what's your take on this? You've got uh, you're wearing a lot of hats these days. You've got a lot of brands you're responsible for and a lot of franchisees. And I'm sure you get asked a lot of things all throughout the day. Yeah. How do you how do you find yourself in in the whole saying yes and saying no situation these days? Well, first first of all, I really love hearing from Derek and Elizabeth just in your perspective on uh, and both of you guys covered so much in regards to what happens and what how you get yourself in trouble if you say yes to everything. I think in in my role as we work for many brands, have many uh brand presidents and chiefs, you know, the trouble that that we get into if we're not able to deliver on those important pieces in, in our strategies, the priorities. If we say yes to everything, we will not be able to deliver on those things that, you know, we've planned out and everything in marketing is very much, you got to, you have to plan your content calendar. Everything has to happen in advance. It's a sequence. And, you know, what you're working on today is what you planned to work on three months ago. So if you continually say yes to, you know, those emergencies that come up in everyone else's life, you end up saying no to the priorities and the things that are really going to move the needle when it comes to building the business, driving leads. Um, you know, so sometimes it's it's easier to do, you know, what's um, those short, small tasks that someone asks you to do, but they really take away from, you know, having that solid time to focus on, again, those, those big rocks, the BHAGs, whatever you want to call them for your business. So, 
Uh, yeah, I think that's the trouble that you, that from my perspective that you would get into if you become a people pleaser and just say yes to everything is the important things you're saying no to, essentially. I picture this little devil sitting on your shoulder saying, Brandy, just just do this one project, right? And do this one thing for me and and then we'll all feel good. And it's something cool that you can complete in a very short amount of time, right? <laughs> but then but then the other, the angel on the shoulder is like, we've got to take care of the customers and the franchisees and our teammates who all depend on us staying on a schedule. So that's- Yeah, uh, that's a good analogy. <laughs> good and bad. I can tell you that that, um, that devil on my shoulder is like a client that's just saying, <laughs> like that really resonates with me because it's a client that's just saying like, this doesn't this only take you, you know, 20 minutes to look at? And it does only take 20 minutes, but, the, but I totally resonate with what you're saying that, you know, if I do those 20 minute assignments over- and over again, then that fills my whole day and takes me away from uh, the things that I had planned to do that day and that also need to get done. And that, um, as you said, may have been in the works for three months. And, you know, um, I joke a lot uh, if I could, you know, have like a taken number. <laughs> like if you send me <laughs> submit an email and you uh, it's like we're currently working on order 30 and you are order 35, um, it would be easier if you could just do it in the order in which received. And I think, um, again, there are things that are legitimate emergencies, but I think that definitely um, is a problem with saying yes to everything is that some things do only take a few minutes, but it just distracts you away from the things that, you know, the larger projects that you have to keep on track. The take a number thing isn't a bad idea because you're not just saying no, not right now, but you're also setting that expectation. You know, if I walk into a deli and it's number 47, I know, oh, wow, there's 46 people in front of me or whatever number that they just called out. So it kind of sets that expectation for a customer that, that you, we are, we are working on your project. We know you're important, but it's not going to happen in the next 30 seconds. Right. So, so yeah, I, there's got to be some sort of way to um, to build, take a number into uh, our, our daily lives. Um, you know, I was just thinking about the four of you. And um, when I thought about doing this as a topic for a podcast, I, I kind of, um, I kind of cheated a little bit thinking, well, now, who's most likely to do this subject? And it's for very busy people who have a lot going on, right? <laughs> it's kind of um, it, it's kind of the old adage about if you want something done well, you know, go find a busy mom, you know, no offense, Derek, but yeah. the rest <laughs> of you are all busy moms. And yeah. it's like, I knew you were not going to say no to me to this subject. I knew it. So I got you in here. I, I I apologize if it was under some kind of false pretenses, but I knew that that all of you would have really good stuff to share because you're all busy people with with lots of things going on. Um, does anybody have an example of a time that you didn't say no, that you said, yes, I'll absolutely do this. Let's do this thing. And it really came back to bite you. Anybody have anything kind of top of mind on that, Liz? Yes. And it all includes the PTO. <laughs> because they do. I'm out. <laughs> because their slogan is literally, you know, if you want somebody to do, accomplish something well, 
go ask a busy person. So they would, I mean, it would be the people who, you know, sort of, you would say the C-suite people, it would be the person who's, you know, doing, uh, you know, employee assistance at the local hospital and doing a private practice, you know, that they love to go after the shrinks too, because it's like, well, they'll, they'll understand the dynamics that, you know, it's for the kids. So, you know, so someone like wrote me into a couple things saying, and you'll definitely have help. You know, that's the, you know, that's the other thing. Well, you know, it just won't be you. It will be somebody else. And it's like, they did not follow up on that. So I became much more strategic about what I do for either nonprofits, which I love to help out or the volunteer stuff, because it can be a total time suck. And it is one of the, well, you can do it after work. You know, you have, you have sometimes between 10 and 11 that you can you know, with the big binder. So, um, you know, I think a lot of moms in particular, because it's been our role traditionally is to get sucked into some of these things. I don't feel like that's happened as much with work for some reason. I feel like people can be very respectful. In fact, a lot of women are really respectful of other women's times in a professional manner. I've had more clients say to me, you know, women managers like, hey, this is a last minute rush thing. How much, you know, what's your rate for rush? And if it's a great client, I say, there's not, we have a relationship. I'm going to do this to you for you at the regular rate. So I think it's really having some psychology behind what it actually takes. And I think somebody, perhaps it was Amanda talking about, it's only going to take you 20 minutes to look at something. Interruptions are our enemy. It's not the amount of work. It's the number of interruptions that happen during our day that take us away from the you know main focus of what we're doing. Yeah, I had a, an old boss many years ago tell me, you have clients and you have distractions. And you have to focus on the clients because the distractions will chase away those clients in a heartbeat. So um, it was uh, something that, 20 years later, I, I still think about all the time. Um, anybody else have examples of, of something that that you haven't been able to say no to and then you later wished that you could, Amanda? Yeah, I do. So um, I would say that one of my things that I struggle with all the time is balancing, you know, how many um, client-related requests I say yes to and then um, how many kind of business development things I say yes to. So, um, you know, like how many meetings I take with new folks, right? Um, how many um, referral partners that I meet with in a day um, instead of doing a client project, right? Um, finding that balance is particularly difficult um, for me. For those who don't know me, I'm a franchise attorney. Um, if there's anyone listening or even watching today that didn't know that. Um, so, you know, look at you working on new business already. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just mean that can be more or less of a problem for people in different roles. Right. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's why I bring that up. But for me, I think that, you know, there's certainly no work if you're not out there meeting people and talking to new folks. And then, you know, there's also new work if you're neglecting the work. So it's um, just saying no, it, to certain opportunities that I think um, maybe don't move the needle quite as much. And, and that's, that's difficult for me because, you know, I kind of come from a philosophy that just, you know, meeting people is valuable, whether or not they're going to turn into an immediate client or referral or whatever. I mean, I'm just kind of, that's not really my MO, like, what can you do for me? It's just, that's not my approach, but I do think that there are meetings that, 
you know, while it may be nice to meet the person and shake their hand and say hello for 10 minutes, it's, it's really not going to be um, as helpful for either party if you meet for an hour, for example. So taking an in-person meeting versus a Zoom meeting or, you know, it's just that the balance there is, is really hard for me to say no to because if someone says, I'd love to meet you in person, can you drive an hour to have lunch? Um, sometimes the answer is no. And it's not because I don't want to have lunch because I love lunch, you know, um, I love in-person lunch. But it's just finding the way to say yes, that's really going to be beneficial for both people, really. Um, so that's really hard for me. I have a difficulty with, you know, saying no to those requests and just um, because I, I do love meeting people and I do think that every meeting can really result in a positive for people. But it's just there's just not enough hours in the day to do that all day for me. Um, it turns into a quality versus quantity thing, you know. Yeah, um, I, I think Eric talked about a little bit too. Yeah, I can completely relate, Amanda. And it sounds like you're really great at what you do. And um, if that is the case, then you typically get you get a lot of requests, right, for meetings and um, people that want to get to know you and and potentially work with you. So um, I think the more that you do the exactly what the world asks of you on a regular basis, and you never say no, you end up um, really. For me, I found like I lost myself in certain situations where I was just doing everything that everyone asked and not necessarily focusing, um, which ended up like diluting what I was doing. And yes, I could volunteer uh, for all the different organizations at the school or within the community, but really at the end of the day, I only have so much time. And if I dilute myself that much, I'm not going to be able to be like laser focused and really, you know, move forward on the things that are important to me and in the business. So that's, uh, I can totally relate to what you're saying. It's, it's hard sometimes to say no when, like you're, you're a people person, you want to please everyone. But yeah, that's, uh, I think my saying no, if I don't say no, I end up diluting myself. Yeah. And I also feel like, like just piggybacking off of what you're saying, it, it also dilutes like the quality of what you can give that organization. So like you may really believe in it, but if you, if you're taking up a board seat and you are not contributing, <laughs> then you're not really helping yourself or the organization. Right. So that's like, I've really found myself there where it's like, I really want to say yes to this, but I'm not going to do you justice or me, you know, just in, because of the limited amount of time that I have. And so I've had to pull back on some of those commitments a little bit and just say, you know, I'm really like, I have too many burners on at the same time right now. And I'm not going to be able to really help you in the way that you want if I say yes to this. So that's really hard. Um, especially if it's like a client, like a new client that you want to take on. Um, you know, I mean, we try to say yes to those as much as we can, <laughs> but it's hard if somebody says like, can you do this thing for me? And you're like, I just, you know, I can't do it in the timeline that you want. Um, it's hard to be um, honest about that, I guess, you know, and not just say like, yeah, 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 I will. Um, and so what I try to do in those instances is just say like, this is what I think a reasonable timeline is. And if for me, and if you can work with that timeline, like happy to do it, um, but it, it can be really hard to just make sure you're doing your job to the best of your ability, you know, and just that's all your jobs, right? As a mom, PTO, you know, uh, president, as Liz was saying, um, or whatever it is, you know, it's um, you want to give the best of what you've got, right? And what you have just said, Amanda, and what Brandy said is unless it's a win-win for each of us, for both of us, there's no reason to really engage with that. Otherwise, we're wasting each other's time or a good chunk of it. 
And time is all we really have. I mean, that's the that's the gold standard. Yeah, we can make more money. We can't ever make more time. Just to kind of add to that, when I can't give you like an explicit example when it's bit me, like, but it's I've noticed a pattern in myself of when I say yes to something that I probably should have said no to the the part where I'm I'm feeling like the weight of it is I didn't communicate or somehow explain the enormity of of what it was they were asking right so like and and I find myself later like up at all hours trying to finish this thing and being like wow this is a massive project and the person who requested that doesn't understand really how heavy of a lift they they just so casually dropped and I want to do it right like we're all we all want to do these things we're all professionals whatever it is that we're doing in our in our work it's 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 our calling at some level so I love doing this stuff but it's a question of trying to explain to someone the value of the work and being able to communicate that and say what you're asking from me is this and this is a very innocuous analogy but you know like I order something on Amazon and I want that to come and I check the tracking and I'm like and I don't understand why did you send this package that was was bound for New Hampshire back to Connecticut and then over here to Chicago? Why did you do that? Like, I don't I don't understand how shipping things work. like that's not my role. I don't I don't get that. But I look at the background of it and, and it occurs to me the enormity of what I've asked simply by pressing that button that everyone else's day. This thing is going to go all over the place. It's involved in all of these processes. It's tracked. But to me, I just want the deliverable. Right. And, and I think sometimes if we're able to slow down both as, you know, people who request things and as people who have to give things and and just slow down and take a look at what are we asking for? What does that mean to another person? I think that that baseline empathy um, contains a lot of the solutions for both sides of the fence. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands, from tracking marketing efforts to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients to lead capture to automating daily tasks. ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. Hughes powers the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. Hughes enables franchises to attract and retain more customers and create consistent brand experiences across locations. A secure, high-performing network can protect a franchise against data breaches and the harm they can cause a brand and business. Hughes is small enough to care and large enough to succeed. Find out how Hughes can become your networking partner at the 2023 IFA convention. Meet the team in the exhibit hall booth 303 or join Carl Udler's Roundtable on Revenue Assurance or visit Hughes.com slash franchise. I think we're all in the same boat. We all feel it. We all know we say yes to too many things and then it does come around and sting us at some point. So what's a good approach to saying no? How do you say no thank you to something that by all appearances could be a great opportunity and something that you really want to do. And maybe it is something that you really want to do, but you just don't have 
the time or resources to devote to it right now. Does anybody have a good approach to saying no? Liz? You know, one thing that we have that's on our side is we process human language so quickly. So somebody asks us something and automatically yes, or automatically no. And taking time, like when we want to cool down, we say, let's just count to 10. Perhaps when somebody makes a request like that, we do a little count, we process that language, process the idea of what they want and say, I mean, I always say something like, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, even if something, somebody says something offensive to me, I will say, huh, um, so why do you think that? And a, a lot of times if people want to collaborate, they don't even know sometimes why they're making a request and they don't even know why they want you involved. So I always want to get to, okay, they're asking me something. Why do they want to? I mean, if someone's being very clear and saying, we have a voiceover for you and we want to hire you and this is the terms, then, okay, you know, let's have that conversation now. But a lot of things are on the periphery. So I want to understand first, so what are you asking of me? How do you see me fitting into this? Does this even make sense? Because we were excited. Oh, they want, they want me, you know, it's ego driven too. They want me to be involved. And so we make our decisions that way. Yep. If they want me, I'm in. And so it's, I think, checking ourselves saying, what is, what are they asking of me? What, what's the expectation? What's my expectation given this is my circumstance and this is my time. So I would say, take a beat and get to the question behind the question. So, yeah, yeah, um, that's that's a great, that's interesting. I want to hear more about that. Tell me and get all the information. And we're always afraid to, there's not yes and no. There's, huh, that's that's fascinating. I love that idea. I, I really want to think about that. And no one's going to say, no, I'm sorry. You can't think about that. Yeah, it's got to be right now or never. Good. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. So you and then you buy in because you're already complimenting them on their idea. You're giving, you're listening to it. You're being respectful, and then they have to come up with compelling reasons why they think it's a great thing to involve you. And often they'll come to the conclusion themselves, like, well, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't. It either isn't a good idea or this isn't the approach. But I always say, buy yourself some time. Mm. Good, good advice. Anybody else have a, a good approach that's worked, Derek? Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm right there with you, Liz. That's exactly, if you can not react, but respond and take that moment to reflect on what it is, you, you're now having a conversation. It was a great point about the ego thing too, right? That that you, they want you and that that's so um, seductive and you, and you, and that's what you got in this for, to do that thing. Um, for me, and this has been a, a long time, uh, there's this this great episode of Who's the Boss that I think about all the time uh, that I saw when I was about 10 years old and it became this mantra that that um, I've used in my wiser moments. But it's so as as part of this exercise in a parenting class, uh, Angela and Tony are are asked to rework common phrases, but exclude any negative language. So um, no parking becomes park elsewhere which is a phrase I mutter to myself every time I get a, a thing I know I need to say no to. I look at it and I go, fuck elsewhere. And then I figure out a way to <laughs> figure out a way to renegotiate that opportunity, but it's not a no. And so it, it buys me that time, you know, uh, Liz, that where it's like, no, if you add in a couple more letters, it becomes not yet, right? If it is something that you have to do that you're supposed to do and it's not a new opportunity, right? Like it's, 
I try to frame it that way. Um, Park elsewhere has been something that has been like in my heart for for a number of years, and and when I don't when I don't do that, it tends to bite me. Like I tend to just overcommit and and be like, okay. Yeah. So I mean, I think I kind of hinted at this a little earlier, but sometimes one method that I've been using more recently is to kind of change the request. So I think you know, kind of both of you guys are saying that. So if if somebody wants to you know, have an in-person meeting, but that's not feasible for me for whatever reason. I'll say like, I still want to talk to you, but I have, you know, X, Y, and Z to do that day. And, you know, could we potentially do a Zoom meeting or could we meet in person at this conference that I know we're both already attending? Like, can we make some time for um, each other there? Um, So that's one way. I think the other way for me is just really being upfront about um, scheduling and expectations. So really having command of your own calendar, like, Um, I would say in the legal profession for a lot of years, there were uh, attorneys would like kind of have their assistants or other people that worked on their staff manage their calendar. And that was one thing that like, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very, uh, I don't know, picky about my calendar and how it's managed. And I think um, really having control over that and not just allowing people to drop meetings on my calendar or manage my time for me has been really helpful because then I can say, okay, yes, I do have this block of time open on Monday, but I have, you know, these meetings in the morning that are really going to be labor intensive. And I think there's going to be some things coming out of that meeting that I'm going to need to address in the afternoon. So I need to keep that afternoon time, you know, separate or, you know, I've been, this project really needs attention. So I need to block out three days, you know, where I'm not. And so um, I think, you know, at least in my world in my profession, uh, you get a lot of people that are kind of just sending you like requests for meetings. They may be internal. They could be, you know, a client called the general line and wants to speak with you. Can you, you know, and things just kind of appear. So I don't really allow people to do that anymore. Um, I kind of try really hard to take control of that myself. And then, you know, if I have a request that comes in either through, you know, someone calls my assistant or calls someone else on my team and wants to meet with me, um, I handle responding by basically saying, you know, um, today's not good, but these are some other times that are good. Or, you know, uh, yes, I can do that project, but this is a reasonable timeline for me based upon my workload. Is that reasonable for you? Um, And, you know, sometimes people say no, um, or they, you know, they say no, um, because they, need it faster. But I, I find that like 95% of the time, if you're really upfront with people about that, that they're not, um, that, you know, they're willing to accept it. I think the, it's harder when you promise something and then you can't deliver. Right. So I think it's, um, that's a situation I'm always trying to avoid. I'd, I'd, I'd more try to avoid that situation where I say, yes, I'll give this to you tomorrow when I know it's not feasible. Um, and so I guess that's kind of how I try to deal with it is, I guess it's not really saying no, <laughs> it's just saying not, not yet, as Derek said, but, um, but I think if you get into a habit of doing that, you can get to yes a lot more frequently. Brandy, you mentioned that your approach to saying no often has something to do with helping others prioritize what they're doing. And that, that sounds a little bit like what Amanda's doing with her calendar and, and, and really using time as a tool to uh, to make yourself successful. Uh, Brady, tell me more about that, about helping others prioritize what they're working on too. Sure, sure. And I, I will say the, the approach to saying no, just to comment on that last conversation, is it's really the psychology, right? It's about 
it's not no, it's just no for now. And based on marketing and, and the fact that campaigns and everything has to be delivered at a specific time, you know, um, marketing is all about giving people what they want when they want at that specific season, um, you know, whatever promotion is happening, it all has to be timed out perfectly. So, you know, as far as education in helping the team or leadership or partners that I'm working with on, you know, here's, here's what we have in line as far as this is a manufacturing, this is a production line. Here's what we're doing by quarter based on what we know we need to deliver and based on what we know works for our business. So I found it's it's been really helpful. I'm I'm a Gantt chart geek where it comes to like, let's just show really simply on paper by quarter what we're focused on, you know, for each vertical in our marketing. And that seems to be really eye-opening for people to see it on paper and understand that, okay, if you slide this into Q1, you're going to, you might potentially push back some things in Q1 to Q2. And do you really want to be talking about specific winter items in Q2? You know, so there's, it's, it's, it's much easier when you can visually show someone on paper, like, here's how we're prioritizing. Here's what will happen if we take on this task. And yeah, things come up and sometimes you have to move things around and deprioritize items. Um, so that's what I found has been really helpful uh, with, I have two teenagers and with them, I think it's, it's the same thing back to a visual that shows them, okay, so my daughter, she wants another pair of shoes, but she has, a, you know, a, a college loan to pay off. So it's like, here's your compound interest. Let me just put this in front of you, show you these numbers. <laughs> And if you take, you know, and you purchase these shoes, you're going to push this out another week and you're going to end up spending X amount more. So it's just like breaking it down to this one request. This is what ultimately it will do. And then they can make the decision. You know, it's so it's not so much about no, it's more about no for now based on this. And if you as the leader or, you know, the person running the business change priorities, okay, we're aligned, you know, so it's communication, visually, everyone takes things in differently. So I love how you pulled in your love of data into everything from pushing projects back to not getting the shoes. That's, uh, <laughs> that's yes. perfect. <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> that's where it's at. Numbers don't lie. That's right. right. So we're, um, we're, we're about to wrap up here and, and I know several of us will be attending the the IFA convention in just a couple of weeks. And that sort of brings me to something that, um, that I have thought about saying no to that has worked out pretty well recently. And that is the, the number of requests you get in a great organization like the IFA. And I'm sure everybody belongs to associations like this, where you get lots of requests to be on committees and do things and, go to events and things like that, and you just can't do it all, right? So I uh, have have pulled back a little bit from some of the committee work and things like that I was doing, and it's really worked out well for really two groups of people. One for me, because I've had more time to do the things that I need to take care of now, but also um, when you step away from something like that, that void will fill right? With someone else. And, and in the case of maybe working committees and working groups and board seats, you mentioned that earlier, Amanda, uh, giving someone else that seat at the table 
is a really good thing. So I kind of use it as a good excuse to not do something once in a while, but actually giving someone else that opportunity to get on the committee or get on a board or something like that, that's actually uh, could be a really good opportunity for that person who maybe does have time and and would get some uh, experience or opportunity out of it that that quite frankly, maybe we've already we've already sort of, uh, uh, gotten to our our shelf life on that committee or board. So um, that's one area that I think we sh- we could all take a look at and maybe say no to some of those requests and assignments that um, that uh, might work out well for you and for someone else. Does anyone else have any examples of things like that where you've said no and a year later you're kind of glad that you you passed on that opportunity? I'll just jump in quickly and just say that I think this also uh, that also applies to our internal teams. So those of us that are, you know, um, mentoring um, other members of our team, I think sometimes when you take a pass at something and you give someone else on your team the ability to take a shot at something that maybe they haven't done before. Um, a, you're giving somebody a chance to really rise to the occasion. B, you're you know, helping them through a new situation and teaching them how to do something. And then you're giving yourself a resource for the future, right? So a future request comes in and now you have somebody that can help you with that. So I think we all struggle with that. I certainly do as somebody that I would say is like, I'm a relatively newer leader in my group, I guess. I don't know how you want to, what you want to say about my role, but it's just, um, it's hard to kind of offload tasks that you know you can do well and efficiently and give someone else a chance to do them um, because it's, you know, there's, there's a bit of control that you're giving up there. Um, and certainly, of course, you know, they'll be under your supervision when you do those things. But I think that is, that's really the key for a lot of us is if we're able to do that, then we're able to build out our teams effectively um, and then, you know, be able to say yes to so much more, right? <laughs> And I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that's an excellent point. And depending on where you sit in an organization, what kind of team you have, right? That's that's a part of being a leader, being a mentor, bringing someone along. And to your point, like there's so many things that you can do um, faster and exactly how you want them, but it's not, it's just not feasible. And, and it is kind of selfish to hold on to those tasks. And one of the things that that you have to do, I think, when you when you mature to that level is understand that however this other person is going to do this thing, this task, this thing that you opportunity, it isn't how you would have done it. And that's the point, right? It can't be how you would do it. And I think it's letting go of that control and um, or your brand at some level, right? Like your brand has to evolve and, and grow to, to fit other people, right? Whether your your internal brand is who you are within your company. And I think that being a leader, being a mentor, you have to let yourself be influenced by others and, and be in harmony. And that means letting someone else sing too. Swerving away from the professional, there's so many things just in life. We have so much internal chatter and emotional chatter and people, you know, you might say, you know, toxic, you know, emotional vampires, whatever, you know, the social media that maybe we should stray away from. And perhaps a lot of our no's need to come from that external chatter, the compare and despair stuff, because there's a lot of that that keeps us from being in the moment when we really need to be. 
when we need to be our best selves professionally and be really engaged in the human relationships that we have. And, you know, with the, without sounding too after school, especially like, you know, find your tribe, be around those people who are of uplift and not about, you know, either being overly braggy or uh, being a little bit too gossipy or any of that stuff. I really try to stay away and I feel like it's really helped me. Like when I, when I want like to chill, I take my dog for a walk and try to clear my head. And then I come back and I have a lot more love for humanity and are not distracted by all the stuff that we just live with every day that we have become so used to. We don't even know that we're being infected by it most days, but it, it is, it, it is a real obstacle, not just to happiness, but to productivity. Yeah. Put down the TikTok, take your dog for a walk. There we go. That's the best advice I think we can give today. Uh, Brandy, any final thoughts on um, saying no and um, and maybe how that's something that has worked out in your favor in the past? It comes back to like knowing what you're good at, knowing what <laughs> is needed and not diluting yourself and just really clarifying from each individual, whoever's making the last minute request or, you know, has this emergency, just understanding like, where does it fit into the grand scheme of things? Um, And I I love what Liz just said, as far as, you know, clearing your head, that is really important to get clear on what do you stand for? I mean, me as, as I go into the second half of my career here, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing like, I can do a variety of things. And, and that's where most of us are, but it really comes down to what am I best at and, and where do I want to spend my time and what makes the most sense for the business? Um, so not to get too deep, but like that's what it comes down to is, is really just honing in on what's going to move things forward. So, um, you know, prioritize your number one resource. That's yourself, right? No one else is going to do it but you. Before we go, a quick word from Career Plug. Would you or your franchisees like to learn how to put hiring on autopilot? Career Plug's hiring software was built with the needs of franchise businesses in mind. That's why over 300 franchise brands have partnered with Career Plug to help their franchisees make quality hires. Stop by Career Plug's booth at this year's IFA convention or go to careerplug.com to learn how to put your hiring on autopilot. Franchisors who schedule a demo will enjoy $50 in Grubhub on CareerPlug. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.